Hello everyone, Dan here with a little bit of a surprise gift for you all to enjoy over the holiday period. Long-time listeners of the show know that back in summer of this year, I recorded a six-part mini-series titled Right and Wrongs with my buddy and best-selling author John L. Monk. Since we're heading into the holiday spirit, we figured now would be a good time to share this extra bonus series with you, usually reserved for our Patreon supporters over at www.patreon.com forward slash greatwritersshare, so you can head on into 2021 having learned from some of the biggest mistakes that we've made along a combined 10 years of our author journeys. Enjoy the series. We hope you find it useful. They could be watched in any order, so find the ones that apply most to you. Have an amazing holiday break, and we will see you very soon. What's the one thing that all great writers have in common? They all learn from their mistakes. Whether you're full-time, part-time, or just starting out, this Great Writers Learn miniseries will give you a behind-the-curtains look at two independent authors and the struggles they've faced along the way. You can shortcut the success of your career by learning from their blunders. Welcome to Great Writers Learn with your hosts, best-selling authors Daniel Wilcox and John L. Monk. Hello and welcome to Rights and Wrongs, a great writers learn miniseries in which we explore the behind the scenes of author craft, take a retrospective look at some of the biggest mistakes that we've made and share fundamental lessons learned so that you can learn from our errors and accelerate your author career. My name's Daniel Wilcox and with me every single week is the translucent John L. Monk. Hey John. I don't know if I'm translucent, I think I'm very much opaque. That'd be quite freaky. (laughs) Today we're gonna be exploring the topic of bad behaviors for authors. So John, what are bad behaviors for authors? Oh, they're just anything that can really ruin you as an author for the rest of your life, ruin your reputation, get you in trouble, get your account banned, um, just anything like that. Mm. Uh, I, I think we've all probably done little things before. Like uh, in my case, I, had, I used to tweet when I first started my first book, I was tweeting into an to a room with no people yelling, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there, yeah. there are things like, um, let me see here. I re- I'd reveal a little bit too much of myself when fans contacted me. And then after I hit send, I started wondering, okay, that's out there now. Is it going to come back to haunt me one day, you know, on a message board mm. or something like that? That's such a difficult one because you do get a lot of the time readers reaching out and even authors reaching out and sometimes it's so difficult because uh, I know for example I'm I'm quite a nice person if I do say so myself so there's always that initial wanting to be that extra nice and you know come across as the nice person the author that actually reaches out and gives someone a bit of interaction but people can very quickly um, you know bite onto your finger and then not let go if you're if you're careful and then obviously you then need to be extra cautious to not come across as a as a horrible person but at the same time trying to satisfy whatever it is they want and you don't have to yeah yeah although you know you get the people who uh they contact you and you're nice to them and they're lonely and they just keep on writing you constantly and you know what are you going to do there yes i have had a, a reader constantly reach out to myself and a writing partner um who lives in the us and i'm, I'm over in the uk and has on several occasions tried to find a chance to meet up with myself and uh, my co-writer and it's just been one of those things where it's like it's difficult to know whether or not that's a good decision and if that is the case I'm more inclined to go conservative and not take that risk because if there's a risk you know 50-50 that can go really well or really badly you've got to protect what is yours 
Sure, sure. Just make sure it's in a in a public place, you know, and uh, bring a gun. <laughs> yes. And coming back to your, your shouting to the void, that's such a, a massive one, particularly for any any writer out there that um, is is new into the game or is trying to find ways to promote their book. What? How how many sales converted from your your tweets into the void, John? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Nothing. I'm sure I got zero sales. Yeah. And pretty much the same for me. I think it's really, really tempting when you're not clued up on marketing and you're not sure where to go with your, how, how to sell a book, basically. Um, it's very, very tempting just to shout it and shout it and shout it and hope, hope that it sticks. But, you know, if you, you have to think of it from the other side, if you're a person who is following an account and that's all you're seeing is messages to buy my stuff, are you going to want to follow them? The answer is probably not. No. And another thing kind of in a similar vein would be uh, like friending people on, on Facebook. Uh. When I first started, I was just friending absolutely everybody who, uh, who is an author for some reason. And I've since kind of weeded a lot of them out of there because, you know, I like to have relationships with people who kind of, I know a little about, or they, they intrigued me a little. I heard them on a podcast. I liked their book, thought their cover was cool. thought they were smart when they said something in a group or something. Um, but I've had people, uh, I'll tell you, like there was this one guy, he was a, just a real monster. He, uh, he goes to my, this is when I had a few more people on my, my friends list and he friends all of my friends. And then he immediately starts messaging them to buy his book ending uh. all of their friends. And he's, he was just absolutely terrible. And, uh, one of, one of my friends even contacted me and said that they bought his book. So actually it kind of worked. Uh, you know, I still think it's bad behavior, but it kind of worked and she bought his book. She said it was the most terrible, terribly written thing in the world. And uh, she, she was intimating to me that she only got it because he was my friend. And I was like, no, I just accepted his friend request. Trust me, I have nothing to do with that guy. And she's like, you better get rid of that guy because he's terrible. So my, my reputation was weirdly being affected by this. Of the most, you know, I think I could blame my friend who, bought the book for like not being a little more discerning and this is Facebook, but you can't hold your, your friends to that level of expectation. You know, no, obviously your friend in that example was just trying to do something nice. They saw that you guys were connected. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I get probably about five, at least five requests from different authors on Facebook every week who I've, I've never met. And I've now got a bunch just hanging around in limbo where I'm like, I don't really want to accept you because in the beginning it's nice because all, you know, authors start adding you and you're like, okay, I'm starting to, you know, get out there in the community and whatnot. But I, the, the whole point of the friend list is there should be some connection beforehand. And in the example that you've given to me, that's, that's pretty much the same as someone like knocking on the, the door of one of my friends and going buy my book because you know, Dan. Right. I mean, when I go on podcasts, not that I do that many, uh, but when I do it, I immediately get a lot of notes from, from authors uh, most of them are really cool. Like, you know, I liked what you had to say and they want to connect. And I, I frequently friend these people just because it's cool too, right? I, I don't want to hear what they had to say. They were nice to me. But a lot of times I'll get, um, I'll get like, hey, can you, uh, can you market my books to your list? Can you, can you do some stuff for me? Like, that's the thing they'll like, can you read my, my, my work? And it's like, yeah, like how much time does, does, does anybody have to do that kind of thing? Um, 
Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a thousand times better for someone to offer to do something than for you to have to ask them. I mean, I'm I'm uh, arc reading someone's book at the minute, and it's somebody that I've met through Facebook through a group. When I wouldn't say we're massive friends, um, but I saw that he posted asking for people to to do it, and obviously that's different to sort of hounding people in private messages. Um, but I I picked it up and was like, you know what, I'm happy to to help because I know you, and you've not directly jumped 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 and asked me to do it. I'm like, yeah, I've got some time. I'll I'll do that for you. But it's different to going to someone's sort of close quarters and then ask them to do stuff um, yeah. and while while we're on mailing lists i know that i've got a thousand things for for mailing lists um do you have anything particular there that you want to hit for bad behavior and mailing lists um well i mean there's there's bad practices you know like saying buy my book buy my book uh or sending out way too many emails or or that kind of thing um but when i think of bad behavior i think of maybe sicking your fans on people that you don't like, like other authors uh, or telling people uh, scammy things will get you in trouble with, uh, with Amazon. Like, Hey, you know, um, go hit the up button on this review. I want this at the top, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're, you know, or, or like, Hey, when you get my book, even if you don't want to read it, just download it on Kindle unlimited and swipe to the back page, you know, so that I get the, I get the page reads or please don't review my book. If it's not going to be five star, anything that they can kind of cut and paste and turn on you if they wanted to. Yeah, uh, like, it, it, it depends what author you want to be, because if you want to be that guy that has his hounds that you want to sick on people, then, you know, I, I don't agree with that at all, but you know, some people get off on that. Um, whereas for me, I personally, I, I want fans that are genuine. I like, reviews that are genuine i want i want my everything that i practice to be as authentic as possible because it doesn't benefit me in any way to to force people to lie on my behalf and try and and particularly like you say when they attack other authors um i've seen quite a few disputes and particularly being an author sitting on the outside of that i just watch them and just you know think i'm staring into a schoolyard and watching two kids fight yeah you should also just avoid fighting in public in general um someone's going to pick a side and they're going to they're going to, they're going to pick a side and they're going to fight with the weapons they have. So it's really yeah. that way. Absolutely. Um, and back on the mailing list as well, I think, uh, like you mentioned, trying to just ask people for swaps straight away without having any prior connection. I think that can be really, um, tough, tough ground to tread because again, as I think we mentioned before in one of the marketing or, or the author brand, um, episodes, you, you want your list to receive quality. You want, you want to protect them. You know, your list uh, can be your most powerful asset when it comes to buying books and, and selling things. So to have people jumping down your throat who you've never met, you've not vetted their work and asking to swap, or if you're asking people to do it, um, it, I found it definitely helps just to have that personal connection because they're more than likely to do it again in the future. And it's also nice to, to have an extra author person that you can rely on for that kind of situation. Yeah, and just make sure that their stuff is quality, of course. Uh, now, going on, kind of keying off the whole swaps things, uh, the other thing I'd probably avoid is doing reviews of other authors, especially in a you review me, I review you. You know, uh, that's not allowed. Hmm. Uh, and uh, I, you know, there. I think I fell into that once. And I've since deleted my review, and I hope that person deleted theirs, because I don't, you know, that was way back in like 2014 or something. Uh, you know, but you're so desperate for reviews and you're so desperate to sell books because you spent so much time on it 
that you do silly things like that. Yeah, no, definitely. I, uh, I've, I've, I've been quite lucky in that I've not seen that or had anyone extend that as an offer to me, but I have seen a lot of authors who go to particular sites where you can pay for a batch of reviewers to, to review your books and to do that. And again, for me, it's just, it comes back to, that's not how I want my, my brand to be represented. I don't want to be that author. I want everything to be authentic and, you know, by, by the book. Yeah, that's a really terrible idea. Going anywhere, clearing houses for false reviews, my, my Lord. I mean, there's nothing that's going to get you banned from Amazon, you know, or quicker than that. I don't know about the other sites, but Amazon is the one you don't want to lose. Yeah. Uh, another way that you can have that happen is if you, there's, there's these book promoters and many of them are great, like uh, e-reader news today and BookBub. but you'll find some, for example, on Fiverr that uh, they will tweet out your name to their fans, uh, whether they're real fans or not. And suddenly you're going to get like a million free downloads. It could be that these are bots and mm. it could be that they're going to start leaving reviews uh, on yours and other places that are being paid. And then you're going to get swept up and sort of, um, you know, Amazon does these sweeps looking for people who are abusing the system and just, and you won't even realize it. You know, uh, the other thing is you'll find that like your fantasy book has a bunch of, I don't know, are they still doing also bots because at the time you would do. I think they've dropped off a bit more now. I think it's more sponsored. Okay. Okay. Cause at the time you would, uh, you would do a free promo and then suddenly all your also bots would be like erotica. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, another one that I've got is, uh, um, people who don't practice what they preach. So there are a lot of, uh, inverted quotes, authors out there who, they may have written one thing, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, but they've spent the next 20 years finding ways to curate courses and, and ways to take money from you as a, as a budding author. Um, and they're just, they're just not in the game. They're just, you know, repeating general news that you can get in, in forums in groups, um, speaking to other authors and, and they make a living from it. And there's specifically, and I know that I, I've, I've obviously been in a situation where I was a, an emerging writer and I was doing whatever I could to try and soak up knowledge. And it, it is appealing to see someone saying, okay, I can teach you how to launch and how to start this, this, this publishing journey for a hundred dollars or whatever it is. Um, and then you go into the courses and, and there's just no value there. It's just really general information. Um, I've had a few friends that have been in particular, uh, they're like week long online Facebook specific writing courses um, where just nothing happens. The people clearly who run it aren't bothered and they just let people run and do whatever they, they want. And there's just no value. And I think I've seen quite a lot of those where after a while you learn how to pick up on what they're doing and you learn which ones to avoid. But there, there are a lot of them out there that, you know, if, if people have something worth saying, try and find the people that are actually practicing what they preach. Yeah. These are the folks who, um, they fall into the bad behavior of taking from other authors without giving back, mm -hmm. um, giving back something of equal value their whole business of course is selling to other authors. And I think of groups like, uh, what is that? Uh, that author, author services. Mm. Is that what it's called? And, uh, they'll publish your book. You pay them a bunch of money and they'll publish your book. They promise that they'll, uh, that they'll promote it. They never do. You try to get the rights back. They won't give it to you. Just everything about them is to take away from authors. So don't be those types of people. 
Yeah, I've genuinely had a friend who uh, he was indie publishing his first book about four or five years ago. And I watched every step of this happen. I watched as he he created a Facebook page or this, this person created a Facebook page for him. They started a thunderclap where accounts would come in and all tweet when it came out the first, at the same time so that it got more magnification in the social sphere. All these things that they were doing. And I'm sat there going, you could do them yourself very, very easily. And also they're not going to have any impact because the Twitter account you've just set up has about 10 followers. How are you going to, how are you going to send that out and, and get that message about? And, you know, I did my bit and I tried to help as much as I can, but there was just no, it, it gained no traction because there was, there was just nothing to, to stick. Do you know what I mean? Um, and he, he paid a good amount of money for that. And, and the woman obviously went away and was like, you know, some things you can never, you can never uh, predict how these are going to go. It's like, no, I, I did. I could kind of tell it wasn't going to go well, but you, yeah. you do what you can. <laughs> The author, uh, and it reminds me of those faith healers. Uh, you know, if the, if the faith healing doesn't work, it's just you didn't have enough faith. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, I've got uh, on on my list. I've got not writing. So a bad behavior will be again if you if you're calling yourself a writer and you're not actually spending that time putting in the new the time to do new words because as we we said a couple of times before, the best way to sell is to write the next book. The best way to be a writer is to write. Um, so if you're, you know, fretting and going in all these forums and jumping backwards and forwards, trying to learn everything, but they're not actually writing, which is where the, the heart of all that learning comes together. Um, that, that, that's a bit of a no, no. Yeah. I've got, I've got, I've mentioned most of the things I think on my list, uh, but I got a couple more. I put down substance abuse. Uh, you know, you're abusing your muse. If you're, if you're drinking into the evening and you're supposed to write in the morning, yeah. Um, like I've done that. I've had, you know, alcohol in the evening and I'm supposed to write in the morning and then I wake up not with a hangover, but you know how you feel. You just don't feel like writing. And uh, then you don't, you end up not writing that day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put that down there because it's something that I have to, you know, I'm actually doing a, uh, a weight loss challenge right now. Um, we're going to be posting uh, my weight, I guess, every day or every couple of days on Facebook. And one of the components is, in addition to walking more and things like that, good behaviors is, you know, alcohol. Because I'll drink it in the evening, several glasses of wine in the morning. I don't feel like writing. So that's a bad behavior. That's not so much reputation as, uh, although it could be if you're writing crazy crap at night. <laughs> yes. uh, another one I would probably say was um, uh, misleading customers. Tell him you got a 70,000 word book uh, and it is, but it's really, it's also got 10 chapters at the end, 10 first chapters of 10 of your other books. And so they get like a really short book and they kind of, you could, they thought it was going to be, you know, 240 pages and it's really like 160 pages, that kind of thing. I don't get why people do that. Cause you don't, you don't want to piss off the people that are giving you money. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I know a lot of people do it, but for for you to go through the effort of writing something to then spending the effort to get someone to read it for them to read it and get pissed off is it worth the the 50p the one pound whatever it, that book makes is it worth that to piss it off when you could write something that they like and then three three months four months down the line whenever your next book comes out they might want to buy that next one and then in the long run you get more money from it it just it baffles me it, i don't get it yeah get sure. really emotional on this episode <laughs> wow so you've uh You've ran into that then. I, ju- I just see it a lot and it, it just doesn't make sense because as, as a consumer, as a reader, if, if I hit that, I'm pissed off. 
and I don't like the person that's written it, so I won't buy anything else from them. As a writer, that's the last thing I'd want to do to someone because I want people to keep coming back. The only way I'm going to make this work is if I'm giving people a good experience and if they enjoy what they're receiving, if they feel like they're getting value for their money and then they'll carry on and buy the next thing. That's the only way that this works. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know, you're a, you do a lot of good behavior, good behaviors as an author. Not a lot of bad behaviors anymore. Anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I've got one as well here, which was, uh, I'm not sure if this is, is good or bad. I think, I think, you know, basically the situation was I was on Facebook earlier and I was in a group that I'm often in and I saw someone basically posting and saying that they had a bunch of logos that were going to be the final ones of their company. They posted it and said, okay, can I have people's opinions on, on these five and let me know which, which your top ones are. Um, and I looked at it for a while and as someone who's worked in marketing for, for a long time, um, I got to a point where I was looking at them going, none of these logos are good. I'm, I'm really sorry, but none of them are good. And I sat back and I was like, it had about 50 comments of people saying number three, number two, whichever ones they liked. No one had, had said anything about it. And I was like, am I doing my due diligence in pretending that one is good and comment on here? Or is it better just to be honest and say to a fellow author who I want to succeed because, you know, I, I want to see authors do well what do I do in this situation? And it did get to a point where <laughs> luckily someone else dropped in and said, yeah, I, I preferred number whatever, but I don't see them as good logos because of X, Y, Z. And then I kind of jumped back into there and was like, okay, all right, there's my opportunity to dive in. But I think in that, if they, in that, if I had just left it, I think that would have been a bad behavior on my part because I would have missed an opportunity to actually help someone. Um, and in that situation where they're asking for criticism and feedback, that's helpful but if somebody had potentially posted and said here's my new logo and i love it i might have been less inclined to say anything then because you know they're not asking for help at that point i think that's more of a bad behavior as a person but not necessarily as an author mm. so one thing you want to do if you're kind of trying to be a, a good behavior sort of author you have to be wise in how you respond to people who are getting feedback are they going to fly off at the handle an unwise author would tell bad news to somebody and who's a moron and that person would start a flame war with you, mm -hmm. right? About how dumb you are and they might, it might spill over to their fan base if they have any. So, you know, I don't know me. I make sure that if the person seems reasonable, I might send them a message, a private message rather than sort of having it out in public that way. Um, that you know you're less likely to embarrass them yeah you know, if you say all oh, these are terrible in front of everybody oh well, that's kind of embarrassing but if you send them a message and say you know i really didn't like any of them have you can you go back and do this can you talk to that person that's probably a better idea like and i'll give you an example from kind of similar example whenever i read an indie book i always mark up the errors because i know that if i if somebody reads my book I'd love it if they'd mark up the errors and send them to me rather yes. than, you know, put them in the review, <laughs> but send them to me. That way I can fix it. And if you do that, I would be your friend for life. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, like I'll do that. I'll read the indie book and I'll reach out to the person and say, Hey, I just absolutely love your book. Um, and being a fellow indie author, I wrote down your errors. And so one time I did that and the person got mad at me, you know, um, I still think it's a good, I think it's good author work to um, help people out like that, especially other indies. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes people are just not going to see eye to eye with you if you're going to point out their flaws. 
yeah i think you gotta exercise a certain level of diplomacy as well and pick the right times pick the right the right way to say what you want to say because there is a right way and there is a wrong way which ties nicely into this mini series um i've got one more point do you have any more that you want to get across before we wrap up um just scams of any kind avoid scams of any kind uh, anything that's going to get you a quick buck it's not it's going to get you a get your butt kicked out of uh kindle unlimited let's put it that way <laughs> you can't shortcut this uh, my final one is uh responding to reviewers um if you know someone's left a negative review on your page i have seen authors come back and explain the reasons why that the reviewer is wrong and uh one one thing that i'll say on that is just the reviews aren't for the author as much as obviously they can give good feedback and good indication of where we want to go the reviews are for other people who want to read the book so you coming out of the blue and saying you're wrong because of this um i genuinely had a review from someone that knocked me down onto a one star because i got the model of car wrong in a post-apocalyptic book um in which there was a level of reality between life and death and i was like okay so out of all of these principles that was the part that you you picked fault with but i didn't i didn't say anything you know i, I left it where it is i'm hoping that people who are smart enough to rub two brain cells together can realize that maybe that's not really a big problem with the book um but yeah don't don't re respond to reviewers because it's just not it doesn't make you look good yeah that's a that's a real tough one isn't it uh when someone says the bread that he's talking about gets moldy in five days or something like that just dumb stuff yeah that a lot uh, as post-apocalyptic authors you have to read this and you have to somehow you have to somehow move on. It, it, you know, it, it might be that you just got to like not read your reviews. I, uh, I fluctuate, you know, I, I do read my reviews. Um, you know, every once in a while I go through and see if there's anything kind of new in the last month or two, especially on a book that doesn't have many. And I'm like, like to see it get more reviews, you know, but um, you're just sort of opening yourself up to get punched in the face. It's like walking up to someone and saying, Hey, how you doing there? <laughs> <laughs> punch you and you're like why'd you punch me <laughs> anyway. absolutely awesome so thanks everyone for joining us for this episode thank you to john for keeping me company and if you've got your own lessons or cautionary tales regarding bad behaviors for authors that you're dying to share then head on over to patreon.com forward slash great writer share or leave a comment at facebook.com slash groups slash great writer share or tag us with hashtag great writers learn thanks for joining us for this rights and wrongs mini series if you've got any topics you'd like us to cover in the future and you want to see more from the show reach out and let us know and one more time See you later, John. It's been fun. It has been really, really fun. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Great Writers Learn mini-series, Rights and Wrongs. If you're looking for even more content created specifically to boost your creative wealth and accelerate your author career, then head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash greatwriterssshare and get involved in the community. From all of us here over at the Great Writers Share HQ, including myself, Holly Lyon, John Grinnan and Faye Trask, have an amazing Christmas and here's to an incredible 2021. Until next time. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
Hey y'all, this is Kenya, creative director and co-founder of Domino Sound. And this is Alexandra De Palma, executive producer and co-founder of Domino Sound. And we're a queer, disabled, Black woman-owned podcast production company and network, creating authentic, inclusive, provocative content. We just launched Domino Presents, which is a new series of special audio projects. The premiere episode features the founders of Poppy Juice, the queer art collective throwing the hottest parties in New York City and around the world. We also recommend The Cheat Code, our hit 10-episode audio soap opera surrounding a love affair. Think love and hip-hop meets The Affair meets The Sopranos. Follow us on IG at dominosoundco to keep up. And listen to our shows on the ACAST app or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Domino Sound. ACAST, A-cast. 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 recommends. A-cast.